Socially Good Media presents The Socially Good Podcast. I'm John Gilbert, who along with members of the team from the award-winning social marketing agency Eskimo Soup, will be shining a light on the latest and the greatest in media communications. Hello and welcome along to the Socially Good Podcast. I'm John Gilbert and this is going to be a solo show as I share five tips for how to tell a survivor story through film. So I better explain, I suppose, what I mean by that. So a survivor story is a human interest story if somebody's had some kind of triumph over adversity or a majorly negative experience in their life. And the reason that we would tell these stories is to raise awareness of any issues that that person's been through and to try and help other people to prevent them from falling victim to the same set of circumstances or if they are going through it themselves to see that there is possibly some light at the end of the tunnel, some coping mechanisms and to reach out to people so that they don't feel so alone in experiencing whatever it is that they're going through. In Eskimo Soup we've got a lot of experience of doing this over the past few years. We've made survivor films on survivors from different forms of cancer, people who've overcome severe mental health problems, young people who have experienced sexual exploitation, groomed into joining criminal gangs. And it's the last two that I'm going to focus on. They're the ones that involve young people the most. And I think the way that we deal with that gives it another level of delicacy that is required. So my first tip on this is that you need to earn trust. You can't rush producing something as sensitive as this. So for Eskimo Soup and our different campaigns that we've developed, we've had to make sure that we've got a brand that our audience is going to relate to and that they feel that when they're sharing a sensitive survivor story that they're going to be treated with respect, that we're going to do it in an appropriate way and that their story is going to be told their way. You can't just put a shout out and whether you're a, a, a student project or somebody who's not got any experience of that and then just expect people to bear their souls to you. They still might, but you've got a duty of care to make sure that you know what you're doing with that as well. So now having had several years of experience and produced 50 plus films on this as well, we feel confident that whilst no two stories are the same, the process that we go through to make sure that we are responsible in the way that we deal with somebody's survivor story and the way that we share that in the world and that we know what we're doing now. The purpose of making this podcast is to try and share some of those tips to allow you to do that. But the first one of those is a recognition that you need to earn that trust first. The second, is really, is just really important to let people tell their story their way. Now, that might sound obvious. Of course, somebody needs to be able to tell their story in a way that reflects what they were going through and sees the world through their lens as well. But I actually mean, in this tip, in more of a practical sense, So when somebody wants to tell their story and understand that that is going to be produced into a short film, there are a number of different ways that they may wish to do that. Sometimes they want to meet you in person, so you can spend a lot of time with somebody listening. If it's appropriate to do so, and with their permission, taking notes, which I think is important as well, and just let them just really explore all of the different issues that they've been through. They might need some prompting. You might want to ask some questions about how did you feel about this? What happened next? Because you're there to listen, but also the the reason that you're there to listen is to make sure that you're going to be able to create a narrative that does them justice as well. And that can be a really effective way of doing it. But of course, when it comes to these sensitive issues, particularly working with young people, they may not feel comfortable doing that, even though you've established a trust. 
it's a big undertaking for them to be able to share that story. So you may want to do it over a phone call. I've done that before with people who feel that they can open up um, in a in a way that suits them as well and they, they don't need to feel so guarded about any kind of non-verbal clues that they're giving as well. I've done phone calls with their permission as well that have been recorded so that you make sure that you've got the exact turn of phrases as well. I think it's about giving people that choice. Also, some people like to write their story. If you've got an established campaign, like we have, for example, with Not In Our Community, we have young people come forward who want to share their story who we know have been following Not In Our Community for two or three years because if they're following on Facebook, for example, and they send us through a message, it will tell us how long they've followed the page. So I think that that, going back to point one about establishing that trust, it's really important that they've come forward and told the story when it's the right time for them to do so as well. And they may send that through in our style, in something that they can they think is in a powerful way of doing it. And it allows them to do a bit of creativity as well as just doing something that's raw. It allows them to put something more into it as well. If they don't want to take it as a creative writing exercise, this can just be conversational through Messenger, through WhatsApp. Again, I've done that with young people where they don't need a lot of prompting. But if there are elements of their story that you feel need further exploring and it's appropriate to do so, you can ask them about it as well to make sure that it's clear. And also from their perspective, they don't want to tell half a story. So frustrating when you're uh, socialising and you're partway through a story and somebody interrupts. Well, of course, we don't do that when somebody's sharing something that's sensitive. You've got to make sure that they, they do it in full. I'll just give one example of a young person that I've been working with. She's selling her story over a period of weeks. It's a complicated story. It's something that really majorly impacted on her as well. And I sign off all of the messages by thanking her for trusting in us and just reminding her that there's no pressure on this and that she can do that at her own pace. So social media has been a really powerful tool there. It's the primary tool for many young people as a form of communication. So let's do that. Just from another practical perspective, as somebody who runs his own business, my working hours are a little... Um, unpredictable at times and I find that a lot of the time young people want to open up in the evenings so we'll get a ping through to one of our accounts anything of a sensitive nature our safeguarding policy is that I'm the lead on that and um, I will let young people know in advance of that if they say anything that I think worries me that I'm duty bound to report that and as a human being I'd want to do that anyway so it may be that they want to kind of tell you something else about the story something that they've remembered or that they didn't feel comfortable sharing initially and it's about being there on the end of at the end of that message many of the young people I work with who share their story I never actually meet in person it's all a digital communication through our page but I tell them who I am what my name is as well I think it's about making sure that that trust is reinforced the third tip is to obsess on authenticity and that is something that we always do when trying to tell a survivor story if we produce something that is real or based on real life and we've got some details within there that are questionable and inaccurate it can completely destroy the credibility so therefore we obsess on all of the details on that make sure that the right words are used so a lot of the survivor stories that we've worked with young people on recently have involved sexual or criminal exploitation Make sure we use the right slang for drugs, any locations that are referenced are realistic. And a huge part of it is because we're creating something that has a narrative story to it as well, is to make sure that the characters are realistic. The way that they behave is something that young people can relate to. Because if we've got an unrealistic character in an otherwise realistic story, that is something, again, that can just destroy it well. So it's worth obsessing over those authentic details. One of the things that we do as a, a standard 
is we don't just listen to a story, write a script, and then just go and make it. We send it back to the people that contacted us in the first place, really to get their feedback on it. I have to say, it's pretty rare that they come back and say, oh, you've misunderstood this bit. This bit's not quite right. I think that's come from our experience of being able to do that and just by listening properly in the first place. But it's a key part of that step as well because we've got the duty of care to young people that if they then see their story being retold, that we haven't like missed the point or done something that puts them in a negative light that they wouldn't see. I do always explain to young people that whilst this is based on their story and it is their story, we will change things so that it cannot be identified back to them and we've got to protect them and the people in their lives. And we've never had any objections to that at all. Some of the details and names and, and references have been changed to protect the identities of people involved and they always understand and respect that. My fourth tip is about keeping those storytellers engaged. So having gone back to them and checked the story and they're happy with it, it's a bit like having a client signing something off. It's, you have to remember what a big undertaking this has been to them. If you're speaking with a young person that's been sexually exploited, that's with them for the rest of their lives. And the fact that they want to share that with the intention of helping another young person who may be going through something similar or to prevent that from happening in the first place is a major, major factor in life. It's not something that they will have done lightly. It's not like they filled in a survey and then never thought about it again. So we have to make sure that we keep them updated. Now, that might not always be a quick process because if you're going to make a film as part of an ongoing campaign, sometimes we're able to act really quickly. Other times it's a period of months and it's just about being realistic, letting them know how we're, how we're getting on. And then once we get into production, let them know so that they feel like something is definitely happening out of it. And then if you produce a film, let them be one of the people that get to preview it first. It would be a risky thing and an immoral thing possibly to put something online without having checked with them first as well. So that their first viewing of that is seeing that lots of other people have seen it and the reaction to it as well. So they've got to be able to prepare themselves for that. Now, Final thing about keeping them engaged, this isn't always going to be possible, but recently we've held premiere events for films and we've invited the young people that have helped us put that together, particularly where there's elements of their story within that as well. I think maybe that's not appropriate if it's um, to do that if it's somebody's specific story and 90% of it is about their experiences. But when we've done things that are draw upon various different experiences, having them involved in that premiere and being able to give you that feedback becomes a really positive experience for those young people to show that they have been given a voice on the issues that matter most to them. And my fifth and final tip is to make sure that when you do put a survivor story out there, that you're going to be ready to respond to the reaction. Of course, a lot of our stories go out through social media, which means that there is an unregulated opportunity to reply to those. And we, again, we are we have a responsibility to anybody that's been involved in making of the film because they're going to comment and they're not always going to be kind comments on there as well. So we've got to make sure that we protect people. That might be about the way that people act. It might be from both from a, an actor perspective, but also some of the choices that a character made. I have to say that because we've got trusted brands that are distributing these films well it's not been a big issue sometimes people use humor to pick on little elements of the film but it's not usually derogatory towards the young person's experience or any of the actors in there but we need to make sure that we don't just bang something on facebook youtube instagram and not look at it again for a few days because 
initially you will get those kind of reactions and there's practical ways of doing that it's just making sure you have the alerts set up so we have films on youtube that we put there a year ago and we're still getting lots of interactions from there um you can't respond to all of them with one film that's got hundreds and hundreds of comments on there but what we did do was make sure that the flavor of those comments was largely positive and therefore we don't need to kind of interact with everybody on every point on there there isn't much that hasn't been said about some of our films as well online and then the other thing about responding to that reaction is seeing what your audience want so the film that we produced Alfie's story we distributed on youtube in two parts and Alfie's story tells the story of a young boy who is groomed into um, selling drugs as part of a county lines operation and one of the reactions that we've got from that is the audience wanting to know what happened next. Those two parts collectively at the time of recording this podcast have had over 3 million views and thousands of people subscribing into finding what happens next. So we're really pleased that we're going to have an opportunity to make parts three and four, which is something that we're going to be doing in 2020. And part of the reason for doing that was to see that there is an online appetite and genuine questions from young people about what would, what would happen next. And we've worked with professionals and young people again to make sure that we've got a realistic narrative in order to do that. So that's a bit of a fly through of some of the different ways in which we've found it's easier and more effective to tell a survivor story through film. So to recap, one, you've got to earn the trust, you've got to make sure that you're going to do what you say you're going to do and that before anybody going to tell you what is a very personal story to them, that they're going to want to know that you're going to tell that story well. Two, let them tell it their way. If they want to come and meet with you somewhere or do it in their home or they want to do it as a call or they just want to do it on messenger or send you an email give them the choice of doing that some of the ways will make it easier for you but it's really worth you having to do a bit more work to make sure that you get an authentic and comfortable story told by your protagonist number three is to obsess on the authenticity Make sure that everything within there feels as realistic as possible. And that means going beyond getting feedback from the person that's told you the story. Get it from other people that are in that area, so in that locality, of that age group, and who can relate to that topic to make sure that it stays entirely credible. Number four, which is to keep the storytellers engaged. When somebody comes forward to tell you their survivor story, make keep them up to date make sure that they're comfortable with things and where appropriate involve them in the launch for that but accept as well that particularly when you're working with young people they might agree to do something that might put their mental health or some element of them at risk you've got a safeguarding responsibility to make sure that's done in the right way and the fifth and final point is that when you do put something out there into the world remember to respond to that reaction that might be a positive reaction it might be a negative reaction but as filmmakers we have that responsibility to react to that and to protect that the people that have been involved there. So that's the five tips that I've shared today. And this comes from years of experience of doing that. I dare say that there's another five tips that we could put together as well. But these were one of the ones that I thought might be able to help you on a practical basis. So thank you for listening. I've been John Gilbert and this has been the Socially Good Podcast. Mm-hmm.